Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. Beautiful hymn, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning as we move along in the Gospel of Matthew to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 23. Matthew chapter 13. Give you a moment to open your Bible. beginning at verse number one. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured it. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. 
and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as we study your word, we pray that you be our teacher, O Lord. Help us to understand your word, to hear it, to heed it, and to live by it. How true the, the beautiful hymn that Miss Ginger just played, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. Beneath the Cross of Jesus I find hope. Beneath the Cross of Jesus we find life. Beneath the Cross of Jesus where he shed his blood we find forgiveness for our sin reconciliation, restoration to a peaceful relationship with you, where we receive the blessed gift of eternal life. 
So as we study today, Lord God, speak to us from your word by your Holy Spirit and to the glory and to the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that we might live lives that bring honor to his holy name. That serve as a benefit in ministering to a lost and dying humanity. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so we have the parable of the sower. Now, a parable actually comes from two Greek words, para and balo. And in, in its uh, most basic definition, uh, definition, it means to throw alongside. To throw alongside or to, to compare, to illustrate, to make, to make plain a truth. And oftentimes it's done with one thing that is, that is not true to bring out the significance of that which is true. And so Jesus is teaching the people and he, he uses the parables. And he says, the sower, the sower. So we've got three little subpoints here under the sower went out to sow. And notice that crowds gather to hear Jesus. And even today, crowds gather. You have churches, there are some churches I was uh, in a meeting with uh, some folks, and we were talking about a church that's uh, located in Phoenix, Arizona. I think it's called the First Baptist Church of Phoenix. And they have uh, something like 22,000 members. Okay, I mean, that's a huge, huge church. All right. <laughs> and I recall once when I was in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, for a principal's conference, and I, uh, on Sunday, I, I you know, had planned to go to church, and I called the taxi, and asked the uh, taxi driver if there was a, a Baptist church in town. He said, yeah, we've got a little church downtown. And um, so we, we get there, and I'm thinking, boy, this is a little church. You know, I go in there, and they, they had a choir that uh, looked like they had a 1,000 people in that choir. <laughs> and had balconies and stairways and, and you name it. That was, it was quite, quite incredible. But many crowds gathered to hear Jesus even today, all over the world. All over the world. And uh, picture in your mind, Jesus is, is here on the shore, and the people begin to gather, so he has to get into the boat. He gets into a boat. And all up and down the seashore are these people. They've come to listen to Jesus. So notice it says he spoke to them in parables. In parables. And so the, the disciples, you know, they, they wonder about this. Now, who is the sower? Well, ultimately, of course, the Lord Jesus is the sower. He is the one who is doing the sowing. But also, he takes a picture, if you will, an event that is common in an agrarian society where a farmer is out in his field sowing seed. And back in those days, they might have a bag strapped with seed and they're and they're they're sowing the seed. And if you've ever been out in a rural area or if you've ever had a garden, you know that that you have uh, rows where you plant the seed and then you, you have some walking paths. 
And uh, there are also some, some areas where the soil is, is rocky and really doesn't, doesn't serve well. But if you've worked hard and you've tilled the soil and you've fertilized it, etc., you have some, some good ground as well. But the Lord Jesus is the sower. Now, he spoke to them in, in parables. And a parable does at least two things. We mentioned that it brings out a truth. But the way that Jesus presents it, it also leaves some things hidden. Hidden. So it reveals truth or mystery. It hides truth. But Jesus also spoke in parables to fulfill scripture. He said it fulfilled this passage that comes from the book of Isaiah. A parable is also shared to elicit a response, a moral response from the hearers. And so parables are used all throughout the scripture. You may recall David the king who had taken Bathsheba from her husband Uriah. Uriah was a Hittite, and the Hittites are the, uh, the ancestors of the modern-day Turkish people. Well, Uriah was a Hittite, but he was also a believer in the Lord, and he, he served in Israel's army. And you know the story about David and Bathsheba. He was out, David was out one night, and, and uh, the army was out uh, fighting, and he, he was walking on, on his uh, uh, balcony, and he, he sees this woman, and he calls for her to be brought. Well, and he has an adulterous relationship with her. She becomes pregnant. He tries to hide that by bringing her husband home, but the husband said, well, I, I, I can't go into my wife while my fellow soldiers are dying on the battlefield. And David tried to get, he, he gets him drunk and everything. And the guy still wouldn't go, so he sends him back with a note to give to the general, knowing that Uriah is a man of integrity, that he wouldn't open the note and read it. So he takes it back, he gives it to the general, and when the general opens it up, what does it say? It says, be sure Uriah is placed in the front so that it will be guaranteed that he'll be killed. Well, the story, you know, grows, and Uriah, of course, gets killed. But this Nathan the prophet, he, he comes to David, and he uses a parable. He tells a story, and he, he says, this one man had this one little ewe lamb. And a wealthy man came along, and instead of slaughtering his own sheep, he took that man's one ewe lamb. Oh, David was filled with rage. He said, oh, he needs to be judged and held accountable. And then what does, what does Nathan do? Points that finger and he says, You, David, are the man. The Lord had blessed you with plenty, and you took this one man's lovely wife as your own. You see, a parable is told to elicit a response, a moral response. And so Jesus is the sower, but we also 
are the sowers. Because we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And we are to be sowing in this world in which we live. And what is it that we are to sow? Well, so what is the seed that's being sown? The type of seed that's being sowed first is the word of God. You notice that? Jesus says he calls it the word of the kingdom. Not our personal opinions. Everybody has an opinion, right? We all have opinions. And, and we've said this before. They're all like, right, we all have the two armpits, right? And uh, our opinions are usually like our, 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 our armpits. If they're not uh, perfumed with deodorant, well, they, they're rather smelly. They stink, in other words. We have excuses and opinions, don't we? Yes. But we're to plant the seed that is the word of God, his holy word. And what is that word? Now, I, I realized this when I was looking at, after I had typed it all up and printed it all out, and I thought, well, I'm not going to go back and redo it. But um, um, C and D should be exchanged. B, the message for humanity, the offer, God's offer. You see, the Bible, the Word of God, is God's heavenly love letter written to humanity. It is the love letter of God written to humanity. And what is that offer? The offer is the gospel, salvation by grace. That's the message that the church is to proclaim. The message, salvation by grace. No one is good enough. Never make that mistake. No one is good enough to go to heaven. No one deserves to go to heaven. But because of God's grace, who sent his son to die upon the cross, shedding his blood, giving his life, he gave his life that we might have life. The gospel of grace. Amen? And then God's word also gives us God's standard of morality. But you can't live, it's, it's impossible really to live according to God's standard of morality in this world in which we live apart from God the Holy Spirit living within a person's life. And the only way that you can have the Spirit of God in your life is to know Christ as Savior. For when you come to know Jesus as Savior, when you humbly admit that you are a sinner in need of forgiveness, and you ask Him to come into your heart and into your life, He comes into your heart and into your life through God the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit is the one who enables you to live a life of morality according to God's standard of morality. It should never surprise a Christian to hear all of the sinfulness and all of the, the philosophies that stink out in the world that disagree with the Word of God. It shouldn't surprise us. 
It should not surprise us. You see, the disciples came to the Lord Jesus. And they said, why? Why do you, why do you teach them in, in parables? And he said, for those who are blessed to hear, they hear. But when Jesus uses the word hear, he means a whole lot more than just hearing with the physical ear. He's referring to the understanding, to the perception, realizing what is being actually said and taught. You see, the world, when you, when you share the word of God with an unbeliever, they look at you as though you're an alien. They actually think something is wrong with you. And I've, I've mentioned before, where I was in a meeting and I stood up and I was asked my, my position on abortion and I shared what, what my position was. I said, it's, it's nothing less than murder and murder of the worst kind. Man, those people went nuts. I'm they went nuts. You see, because what really was I doing? I was calling them murderers. That's correct, rightfully so. And when you hear these politicians talking about why they want to make it illegal for, for a woman to have an abortion and for a doctor to perform one and, and for them to go to prison. Well, isn't that what we do with murderers? They're fortunate that they only go to prison. You know what the scripture says you do with a murderer? They're to be put to death. Swiftly. That's what the scripture teaches. And I tell you, if we actually did everything that the Bible taught, there'd be fewer murderers and there'd be fewer disobedient children because the Bible also says that children who are disobedient to their parents who have been disciplined and warned, if they continue to do so, they're to be put to death as well. Stop for a moment and consider that. Or as one preacher told another preacher, he said, well, put that in your pipe and smoke. <laughs> Mention that to people today and they'll say, you are nuts. You're nuts. Oh, there's so much in the word of God that people are unwilling, unwilling to accept or to abide by. Now notice the soils. The soils represent different people and their heart attitudes. You see, it is impossible for an individual to perceive God's truth apart from God's Holy Spirit. So, Notice, the seed is the same. The seed is the same. It's the same seed. The message is the same. Ah, but the results are different. Very different. Notice the wayside. So the seed that falls on the wayside, that's on the, the pathways. You know, you'll, you'll have rows, but then you'll, you'll have a pathway that you walk on and uh, usually around uh, the various rows so that you can work and cultivate, etc. And that soil gets, it gets packed down. The wayside. 
They lack understanding. They reject the truth because their heart is hardened. Like the pathway that's been hardened by walking on top of it. Their heart's really hard. Their ears are dull. They don't really hear. They don't, they don't perceive because they don't really care. Oh, they, they hear it. Yeah, yeah, okay. That person is lost. And then the stony ground. Notice it says it, it lacks depth. It doesn't have root. That is, it's not rooted in the truth. No, the root is rather in the world. Rather in that that is false. That that is popular. Yeah, easy. The word that's actually used there, we've shared this with you before in the Greek. We get the word scandal or scandalized. You see, when they when they when they run into a little bit of trouble because they 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 talk about, well, I, I you know I, I I went down to that church last Sunday and I you know I really enjoyed it down there. And then some of the other folks, you know, maybe who they work with or, or someone in their family. Or maybe someone, you know, who went shopping with them and they said, you went down to that church? I can't believe you went down to that church. Those people down there are nuts. They're crazy. They're strange. And that particular church, those people are backward. I can't believe you went down there. And certainly you're not going to go back, are you? Please tell me you're not going to go back. And then the third type of soil thorns. Thorns. They lack true commitment. They're distracted by the cares of the world. Oh, you know, they attended this revival meeting. They were invited and they went to this revival meeting at this church. And this guy was preaching, man, and, he, and you know, the sweat was pouring off of his brow. And oh, they loved the music, and the people were just so full of life. And they even, they even came forward. But then the meetings ended. And they had to you know, go to school on Monday or, or, or back to work. And then they were thinking about how they were going to make that, that car payment. And then their girlfriend said, you know, I, you, you, you've changed. I, I, don't, I don't really know if I want to keep dating you. And you know the story goes on and on and on. The guy says, yeah, you know, this church stuff. Uh. Ah, but then some of that soil fell on, or some of the seed fell on good soil. Fertile soil. Notice he describes it. He says, they hear, they understand, they bear fruit, they're productive. Now here's one for all the people who cry about, you know, equality. Because you don't find that in the Bible. Except for this. We're all guilty. Right? We are all sinners. Every cotton-picking individual who has ever been born from Adam 
Now, he wasn't born. He was created. Big difference. All right? Adam is not a son of humanity. Adam is the direct son of God. But we are all sons of Adam and daughters of Adam. And we are all equal in that we are all human. We are all sinners. The only exception to that is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is perfect. Amen. Well, he says some are going to bear a hundredfold, and some are going to bear sixtyfold, and some are going to produce thirtyfold. Is that equal? No, because the Bible doesn't teach that. You see, that's, that's man's way of thinking. And in our Sunday school lesson this morning, we, we read a passage where God says, my ways are not your ways. In other words, God doesn't think the same way that we think. He's not into all this equality stuff. No. As a matter of fact, God is into you get what you deserve. God is into you will receive what you have earned. We're talking about rewards in heaven. The kind of life that you live in heaven is based upon what you do with what you've been given here. You understand? And in heaven, there are all these different levels and all these different degrees and all of these different rewards. Speaking with one of my cousins, and he, and he was talking you know, about, about heaven and, and uh, rewards, etc., etc. And when I mentioned, he said, oh, well, you know, people are going to be rewarded differently. He said, what? You mean? He said, that, that, that's not fair. <laughs> I said, man. <laughs> what do you mean that's not fair? Do you think that God is going to do anything wrong? God is going to reward us according to his standard as outlined in the scripture. And he's going to give us what we deserve. But that goes for the unbeliever as well. You see, because the unbeliever cries for justice. Oh, social justice. They're going to get justice. At the great white throne judgment, when God opens the books, and every time they heard the gospel and rejected it, and the way that they lived their life, and he's going to throw them in hell. They're going to receive justice because that's justice. But the, the believer will go to judgment before the judgment seat of Christ where we're going to lose some things, but we're also going to gain some things. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because God is gracious. He is going to reward us. He says, even so much if you just gave a little cup of cold water to one of his servants, you will in no wise lose your reward. Amen? But the good soil, the fertile soil, these people hear. They hear with a heart. Because the, the soils also represent the heart attitudes. Individual people, but also heart attitudes. Now here's a tragic, tragic picture that's painted for us here. The majority of people who hear the gospel Rejected. Now we could say, what, 75%, right? We, he gives 
But he's, he's using this as a story. He's painting a picture. But the sad picture is, is that the majority of, of people actually reject the gospel. Jesus put it this way himself. He said, narrow is that way, right, that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. But wide and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereby. So, they understand. Now, understanding, that is discernment, is given by God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. Notice that Jesus tells the disciples, see, you, he's speaking to the disciples, you've been given the blessing, the privilege of knowing these things of understanding, of hearing. And he, and he tells them, he says, do you realize that the prophets through the ages, they desired, and you think about Amos, the prophet Amos who we study today, and Joel, and Jonah, and Hosea, and Daniel, and Ezekiel, and Jeremiah, and Isaiah, all of these, all of these different prophets, that they desire to see the Messiah or to hear the Messiah or to sit at the Messiah's feet and, and hear him teach and preach. They desired, but they didn't have the wonderful privilege that the disciples had to sit there at his feet and to hear him, to eat and, and to, to, to walk around and to, to interact with him and to, to tell jokes and, and all that kind of stuff together with the Lord Jesus. What a wonderful privilege was theirs. And how nice would it be for us. And one day we're going to look upon the Lord Jesus face to face. One day. One day. And they bear fruit. And they're productive. Well, what do we learn from this passage? The Lord Jesus is the sower. And he continues to sow through the church. We are to be sowers. That is what a church is supposed to be doing. Of all the things that a church does, there really are three things that are vital. The first is to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen? And worship includes praying and singing and witnessing, witnessing that is giving a testimony of, of what the Lord has done in our lives. The, the church is also supposed to be planting the seed, the word of God. Not only do we worship the Lord together and in private, but we're, we're also to be in the world Sowing the seed. Sharing the message of God's love, his gospel. So a lost and dying humanity comes to know the Lord as Savior. We give to these, to these different offerings and the various uh, mission enterprises with the goal of reaching people with the message of God's love. And we need to understand that the soils represent people and individuals hard attitudes. Not everyone that we share with is going to accept. And that shouldn't surprise us. Shouldn't surprise us. I think I've mentioned to you before about 
you know, witnessing to someone and handing them a New Testament that was provided by the Gideons, Brother Bob. One of those little little pocket New Testaments and I handed it to the person and he took it and he threw it down on the ground. And I told him, before we parted company, I said, don't die soon. <laughs> and this person, I thought, might have been actually possessed because as I... As I spoke to him, oh, his eyes just got bloodshot red. He became so angry, his face, everything. He was, yes, so. I thought, man, this guy might actually be possessed. <laughs> you see, as you, as you witness and as you share the gospel, Eventually, you'll come to that one who will accept Christ as Savior. And while I was in the military, I used to, to witness to the young guys that came out to the, to the base here week after week after week, month after month after month, so many of them. And the, the results were rather meager. And then one day, I was playing on a church softball team. And uh, we used to have a softball, a church softball league, we'd play. And I was at first base, and this uh, young guy got in a hit, and he ran, he was at first, and he looked up, and he said, you're Sergeant Ron. That's what they called me for Rodriguez. <laughs> I said, yes. He said, I want you to know, I accepted Christ as my Savior. You witnessed to me out of Dallas. I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding and over the years, over the years, several of these young men, one church where I was pastoring, a young man came in at the end of the service and sat back there in the back. And when we dismissed, he came up. And he looked kind of familiar, but he introduced himself. He was another one. He said, I wanted you to know, I wanted you to know that I accepted Christ as my Savior because you witnessed to me. And it took a long time, but I came to know the Lord. I wanted you to know. God wants us to share the gospel message with people. We are to share the message. We are to plant the seed. And the seed is the word of God. Not your opinion. Not your philosophy. Not some watered-down version of the Bible. You don't water it down. You tell it like it is. And you tell people, without Christ, you will spend eternity in hell. That's not popular. See, it's not politically correct. But when you, when you teach and you share the Word of God, people come to know Jesus as Savior. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. The question is, what type of soil are you? Just as I am. Let's stand, please. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, now is the time. The Bible says today. Now is the accepted time. Don't wait. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. But you're here now. You're here today.
You come, you give your heart to the Lord. And maybe you've accepted Jesus, but you've never, you've never been baptized. You need to come. We went to the Romanian church last week, and uh, the gentleman was preaching, and he said, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you, you ought to want to be baptized because the Lord, he commands it. You shouldn't be waiting around. You should come and be baptized. And maybe you've been playing Christian. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord so that you can be one of those who bears fruit. Amen. Let's sing. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.